So I was sitting here doing my morning routine and yesterday and today, and I felt this pull to do a follow-up on an episode that I've done in a previous season. That episode, I spoke about sex magic. So this is a follow-up to that. And the reason I wanted to talk about it today is because I recognize that like my, my podcast is going in a bit of a different direction. I'm starting to talk about different things such as the law of attraction, the law of assumption, uh, quantum physics, and um, manifesting. And I want to talk about sex magic because I want to talk about what I've learned about it. And I also want to give a little bit more, um, give a little bit more of an in-depth discussion on what sex magic is, how it can be used, how how I've learned not to use it, um, and what I've learned to use it for, and how it can be a very powerful manifesting tool um, for whatever it is that you're that you're trying to manifest. Because um, essentially, sex magic is also connected to creativity, and when you are being creative. And when you are trying to manifest and create, you are stepping into that creative energy and that creative power. And sex and creativity are stored in the same centers of the body. Sex and creativity are similar energies. Sexual energy and creative energy are similar energies. Creative potential and sexual potential and sexual power and creative power are going to be similar. They're going to be one and the same. So, let's dive right in. So, why am I talking about sex magic again and what do I want to discuss with it? So, this is what I have learned about sex magic. I have learned that, one, it is a very powerful manifesting tool. You can use magic in your manifesting practice to accelerate what it is that you desire. And the reason I say that, and I, and I know it might sound controversial, but the reason I say that is because there are many people who are following my podcast who started following my podcast because they know me and they know that I am an eclectic pagan. They know that I identify as a witch. They know that I am a tarot reader. They know that I am a healer because I am a tarot reader. I identify as a healer, as a psychic, as a medium. Um, and they, they come to me knowing that and they, and they come to me knowing that I know what I know from my own personal experience. And they'll talk to me about these different things. And I know that magic can be used to help you extend your practice because when you are, especially if you are someone who does identify as pagan or Wiccan or you're into any type of witchcraft or or hoodoo or voodoo practice or any kind of practice that connects you to your culture or any kind of craft, you know that magic is very powerful and it's not just the magic that's powerful it's your intent behind the magic 
So when you are doing, say, a ritual or you are doing a spell, for example, um, let's say you're doing a spell to manifest money. All right. So you are already in this state of wanting to manifest something and you know what your manifestation is. You know what your intent is. You know what your goal is. And you are lighting a specific colored candle. Um, in, in this case, if you're, if you're looking to manifest money, you are lighting a green candle and you might, and you might have green in your room and greens and golds and silvers in your room and greens and golds and silvers set up on your altar space. And you might be using specific types of oils that might help you um, to manifest money when you're anointing your candles, such as cinnamon oil, um, uh, peppermint oil, uh, what's another good oil, mint oil, um, pep peppermint or mint oil, you can use either one, um, because peppermint's a little bit different from just mint. Um, you might even use clary sage. Um, I know I know people who use clary sage oil when when they're manifesting money, and and you're going to use different herbs. You might roll it in, um, you know, cinnamon because cinnamon is a good money manifester. Um, cinnamon's a good herb for money. You might you might use some star anise, um, anything like that. So you have your intentions laid out. You have your color coordination laid out. You have your herbs, your oils, everything like that. And you've maybe written on a piece of paper what, what exactly you intend to manifest, or you've written it on a bay leaf. And, and, you, and you do your, your spell work. And then when you close the, the spell work, you say something such as, so mote it be, and so it is, and it is done. And then you just, and then you dispose of the, you know, especially if you've written something on a bay leaf and you burn it, you dispose of the, the ashes in, in the earth and, um, or, or you dispose of, um, any, any like debris or anything like that, um, in whatever way your, your spell tells you to do, or you put your, um, intentions into a jar or whatever it is that you, whatever it is that the spell work is telling you to do, you do it. But what it is, is not just a spell. It is your intention behind the spell. And your intention is similar to saying your, your felt feeling, your felt experience of what it is that you're trying to manifest. So so that is why I talk about magic on this podcast as well, because magic practitioners are already within, they're doing it a little bit differently, but they're already within this state that they can use magic to manifest an outcome. They can use their magic, they can do spell work to be able to manifest an outcome. They, they can use um, spell work to be able to get what it is that they desire. And, and they can also heal people through their, through their magic and their spell work and their herbs and their craft, you know, and, and, um, such as a kitchen, witch, for example, knowing that certain, um, herbs and certain fruits and certain, um, certain things will be able to help you when you're sick. Or, um, if you, if you feel like, you are getting headaches all the time they might know an herb to be able to help with headaches or if you're having sleep problems they might tell you to um to take some valerian root <laughs> or, or something like that you know um so so yeah and 
The reason why I'm talking about sex magic is because this is what I have learned from sex magic. So going into my experience, going into what I know of sex magic and how you can use it to manifest and how it is a very powerful tool, but also what it can help with um, at the same time. This is what I have learned. Sex magic does not have to be done with a partner, but it can be. But sometimes the best sex magic is done alone. This is what I have learned from researching. This is what I have learned from doing it myself. Sometimes the best sex magic is done alone instead of done with a partner. And the reason that is, is because when you're doing something with a partner, you want your intent to be the same. And if your intents are a little bit wavering or different, or if you have different feelings about manifesting the same thing, then that practice is not going to line up. So, so say you are wanting to manifest money and you're using sex magic to manifest money and you're going to your partner and they are wanting to manifest money too, but they're wanting to manifest a different outcome than you. If your outcomes are not in sync or even parallel, then it's going to create this space where there's more anxiety than there is certainty and knowing and being able to get into that felt feeling of already having it done. And especially if your partner is new to any kind of practice or if your partner is not necessarily spiritually or magically inclined and you're trying to do it with um, the, 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 way that, uh, the way that I've heard it said and the way that I've even said it, if you're doing magic with a non-witchy partner, <laughs> um, if, if you're trying to practice magic with someone who doesn't practice the same things that you do, or you're trying to practice magic with someone who doesn't practice magic at all, then it's essentially going to create, not necessarily backfire, but it's definitely going to create more resistance. And it's definitely going to create a space of more tension and more anxiety and more resistance to being able to manifest what it is that you desire. So, that, that's, that's one thing. And then the second thing is that even if your partner knows and understands and appreciates and damn near worships your body, you might get more caught up in the sex itself than using sex for manifesting. And while that's all fine and dandy, like, yes, I encourage, have great sex. <laughs> Um, this is a sex positive podcast and if you're in, and, and if you're uncomfortable with that, you can go ahead and click off, but, um, you know, like no, no harm, no foul, but this is a very sex positive podcast and especially in this episode. Um, (laughs) so if, if you are more focused on the sex itself than on your intentions for manifesting, then you, you might forget all about what you were doing when, when you were having partnered sex. And another key and probably the biggest key reason why sex magic is sometimes more potent and powerful when done alone is because it gives you the opportunity 
to really connect with yourself and your body and ground yourself. And that is the biggest reason why I use sex magic. And I still use sex magic to this day. I don't necessarily use it to manifest anything or manifest anything specific. I use it as a practice to connect with myself. To connect with myself, to learn my body, to learn what it is that gives me pleasure and to feel more confident in my body and in myself and in myself as a powerful manifester. Whenever I do use sex magic, I use it in tandem with um, feeling more confident in myself. I use it not to manifest anything specific like money or, or love or anything like that anymore. I use it specifically as a process to get more in tune with myself. Like if I were to feel myself wavering in, in my manifestations or in my affirmations or anything like that, or I were to feel as though I might need to, even just to relieve some tension where I'm feeling any tension towards or any resistance towards my manifestations. I will get into a space with myself and just allow myself to be, allow myself to be with me, allow myself to pour love into myself, allow myself to just experience something just so profound that is me and experience me and experience my body and love my body and remind myself of how powerful and beautiful I am and remind myself of how good I am and remind myself of how good it feels to be me and to have the life that I desire and to have the things in my life that I desire and to be in that felt feeling of already having my wish fulfilled. That's what I use my sex magic for. And another thing that I've learned that sex magic can help with is release of trauma, especially when it comes to sex. Release of sexual trauma and sexual healing. And and I spoke about this on another episode that wasn't, I don't think it was my sex magic episode. I think it was using sex as, as a tool for healing. Um, Yes, because I, I did two episodes on sex already. I did one on sex magic and then I did one on sexual healing, which were two completely different episodes. And I really should have combined them into one and just made it a longer episode looking back. But the reason why I advocate sex magic is because it can actually help as a very powerful, not only as a very powerful creative tool, but as a very powerful healing tool especially for those who are sexually inclined and have experienced sexual traumas and anything like that. Um, It can help you to release any traumas that are stored in the body, especially in your sex centers. Um, and, And that can be a very profound experience and also a very challenging experience. I'm not going to say that it's hard um, because I don't necessarily like that verbiage. Um, I don't like saying that something is hard um, unless it's something solid like a a coffee table. Like I understand that that is hard because it is a solid object. Um, But I don't like to say that an experience or working through 
anything is hard. I like to say that it can present difficulties and challenges because it gets you into that mind frame that yes, it's going to be challenging, yes, it's going to be difficult, yes, it can sometimes even be painful to go through healing, to go through shadow work, to go through trauma work, especially trauma work. Because when you are healing from trauma, you are also reprocessing and sometimes reliving that trauma. And that can be both profound and scary. And that can also bring up emotions that you thought that you had already like lived through. Emotions that you didn't think that you would still feel towards that experience. And that is why it can present a lot of challenges and difficulties. But take me saying I don't think it's hard with a grain of salt because it may not be hard for me because I have already been going through the process, but it may be hard for someone else. And if it feels hard for you, honor that. Honor that 100%. Honor that 100%. Honor your feelings. Validate yourself. Validate yourself. I am not here to invalidate you. I am not here to to tell you that you're wrong. Validate yourself. <laughs> um, but the reason that I say that it brings up challenges and difficulties is because... I have gotten out of the state of it being hard for me to go through those things because I have gone through years of therapy, I have gone through years of spiritual work, I have gone through um, years of practicing my spiritual work and um, helping others through my spiritual work and that in and of itself, connecting with others and helping them has also helped me to help myself. Um, because I can sometimes see when I am helping others, and, and this has been a profound experience for me, when I'm helping someone else and I can see the cracks in my own experience where maybe I need to give myself a little bit more love, maybe I need to give myself a little bit more grace, maybe I need to work on my own thing. Um, I've, I've been able to see that and, and it's been so profound and it's been so helpful. As, as a healer to not only be healing someone else, but to also be learning about myself from, from helping someone heal from their experiences. And I, I say that, you know, it, it can be difficult when you are healing trauma, especially when you are using sex magic to do it, because it will bring up that trauma again. It will bring up those, those processes again. Um, getting a little personal here and delving into my own experience i've i've spoken about it on the podcast before that i have experienced sexual assault i no longer say that i am a victim of it because i am no longer living in this victim mentality i am no longer living in this um in this state where i am identifying with that anymore i am no longer i am choosing to live in a state where i am no longer identifying with those things that hurt me anymore and I have, and that was such a profound state for my healing. I said, I no longer want to identify this. And boom, I didn't identify with it anymore. I said that I no longer want to identify with the pain and the trauma. And boom, I no longer identify with it anymore. And, and sometimes it's not as rapid. Sometimes it takes a while. But I finally got to a place in my life where I didn't want to identify as a victim 
of sexual assault and a victim of, you know, a miscarriage and, and things like that, I don't want to identify as a victim anymore. And that's just me personally, because I feel like for me, the victim mentality and the victim identification was keeping me stuck in this mentality where I was living in the past and I was living in those experiences, as opposed to being like, yep, it happened to me. I have experienced this and I have gone through the process of going through therapy and going to trauma therapy and also healing it in a spiritual way. So, but I've spoken about my experience before. I have experienced sexual assaults and um, one of those sexual assaults wound up in a pregnancy that wound up in a miscarriage. And that was something that shook me for a while. And even though I was having sex, it was like I was having sex with people after that time point to get away from what was hurting me. And it's almost like, forgive my vulgar language here, but I was fucking the pain away. But the pain never really went away. It was just subsiding. You know, I was, I was pretty much putting a Band-Aid on a bullet hole at that point. And um, I also re-traumatized myself because of the type of sex that I was having and the way in which I felt about sex and the way in which I felt about myself. I was continuing to re-traumatize myself sometimes when I was having sex, even in partnerships and relationships where I felt good. And to this day, um, there is only one person that I've ever really had sex with um, casually that we're still friends. Um, we're still friends, but was the only person that I really truly felt comfortable around. And the only person where I really truly, truly felt secure around when we were having sex, because I noticed in this other person that even though we were having sex, even though that was our intention with each other, there was no room for anything but, hey, if you don't feel comfortable with something, tell me. If you don't feel confident with something, tell me. There was no room for pain in this, in this relationship, in this connection. And there was always communication. But I also experienced being told by a previous partner that I was not as good as somebody else. And that stuck with me. That really, that really hurt. That really stuck with me for such a long time and really hurt my experience and really shattered my confidence in myself when it came to sex. And when I started using sex magic as a form of healing and I started doing it on my own, um, especially because I was doing it on my own anyway, um, when I started using sex magic, when I started discovering it, when I started researching it, when I started using it on myself, when I started meditating and learning my body and learning my own anatomy and really focusing on my anatomy, um, not just the places in which I've been told should be pleasurable, like, you know, certain spots on my neck should be pleasurable to touch and kiss. Certain spots on my shoulder should be pleasurable to touch and kiss, blah, 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 blah. Like, like 
there are there are certain um, there are certain you know uh, of course of course because these things have been studied and these things do have scientific basis and these things do have um, you know proof to back it up that there are specific erogenous zones on men and women. Um, but not just the places that I've been told to experience pleasure, but the places that I really just said, I really do experience pleasure even from touching myself because of the fact that it's not just that I'm experiencing any kind of sexual arousal from touching myself, but I am also experiencing love and I am also giving myself love and I am experiencing peace and joy. And this is the state that I want to feel when it comes to being involved with someone else. So how can I give this state to myself? And that is why I started using sex magic and that is why I started focusing on sex magic because I wanted to heal myself. I wanted to find something else that would help me to really process the trauma and be done with it for good and disidentify with this victim mentality that I still had and disidentify with this lack of confidence. Because just because that person felt that way about me and just because that person did those things to me doesn't mean that I still have to be identified with that. It happened in the past. It doesn't mean that it's going to happen again. It doesn't mean that someone else is going to treat me the same way or see me the same way as that person did. Especially a person that I wind up getting into a full-on relationship with. And that is something that I had to remind myself of. And that is something that I had to tell myself and really discover and really go deep and really dive deep and say, hey baby, you may have experienced this. This may have been very traumatic for you. And I didn't invalidate my trauma at all and I still don't. But I told myself this may have been traumatic for you but you don't need to continue to live in this narrative. You don't need to continue to connect with this trauma. You don't need to continue to relive this trauma. You don't need to continue telling this story unless it's unless you're telling it within a narrative to make a to make a point. And and that's essentially what I'm doing here. Um, I'm not repeating my trauma. I'm using it as an example. And I really had to sit with myself and say that just because I experienced that trauma doesn't mean that I am my trauma. I am not my trauma. I am me. I am someone who has experienced trauma. I am someone who has experienced these things, but I am not the trauma itself. And that is why I started using sex magic. And that is why I still feel like it is a very profound tool to be able to use for healing and manifestation. And you can use it in tandem with therapy. You can use it in tandem with the law of attraction. You can use it in tandem with whatever you want so long as you feel comfortable using it. And that's another thing that I want to say, especially when it comes to sex magic. There are a lot of people nowadays that are looking into doing different types of magic and that... You know, there are a lot of people that are starting to explore magic and explore um, witchcraft and paganism and all of these different things. And they're feeling called and 
they're feeling a pull to be doing it and they're wanting to dabble and experience all of these different types of magic right now, right now, right now. And I want to say that especially when it comes to sex magic, you really have to be prepared. You really have to be prepared for what it can evoke in you, what it can help you with, what it can also bring up. Because sex magic isn't a light practice. It very much isn't a light practice. It can be once you really get into it and once you really get into the meat and potatoes of it and you really get into your own swing of doing it and practicing it. But it is far from being a light practice at all. Um, And that is something that I think people forget when they're going into any type of new practice is that there are some practices that are light and there are some practices that are a little bit heavier. Not not light versus dark, just there are some practices that wind up being a little bit easier to one, comprehend and a little bit easier on the psyche and the body and, and all of these different things, whereas there are some are, that are just a little bit heavier. And I'm not going to say that sex magic is a dark practice it's not it's not I, I i want you to get that out of your mind right now like if you're listening to this and you're like oh she's saying that sex magic is dark no it's not dark um i never really say that anything in in magic is dark even though there is dark magic um but it can be heavy especially because like i just said you know you can use sex magic to heal from trauma so because of that because of that in and of itself it is a heavy practice and it can be a heavy practice because like i said you're going to be reprocessing you're going to be reliving you're going to be rebringing up different things that maybe you thought that you had already gotten over you're going to be bringing up things that maybe you thought that you had already processed you're going to be bringing up things that you that maybe a part of you wanted to keep suppressed And it, you really have to get yourself into a state of security within yourself before you even do something new. And when you are exploring, you really need to do, especially when it comes to exploring new practices, you really need to do your research. You really need to figure out the best way that it could work for you. And you really need to sit with yourself and say, is this something that I feel really is going to help me because I know that it could help me? Or do I simply want it to help me because I've been told that it could? That therein is the kicker. A lot of us will go into new practices and stumble across new things and want to get into new practices because we've been told how beneficial they are by people who are doing them. And then when it comes to us, we we find that maybe we don't resonate with that or we find that maybe it's a bit more difficult for us or that we desired this outcome from this thing. We, We... We're told that this practice or that this thing that we 
want to do is going to be significant and is going to help us in exponential ways. And because we have communicated with ourselves, because because of what we've heard from other people, because we've heard from other people that, oh, this is so profound and this can help you and this is great and you should do it. We, we want that thing to actually be beneficial to us. And we want to believe that we deserve to feel the ways in which we feel about this thing. And we deserve to experience this thing and do this thing and do this practice and and that we should do it this way because this person over here told us that it was the right way. And this person over here told us that it would be so beneficial for us. We want it to work out because we've been told that it does. So we have to sit with ourselves sometimes and, and, and recognize, okay, do we, do we want it to work out because somebody else told us that it would? Or do we know that it could actually work for us? And there is a, that's, that's a crucial thing to look at because there is a difference between being told that something could work and wanting it to work because somebody told you it would. And knowing that it can actually work for you. And I was told that sex magic is a very good practice. I was told that sex magic can be very healing. I was told that sex magic can be very therapeutic. But I did my research. And I still do research on it. And I use it in a way that's conducive to me and my life and my practice and my healing. As opposed to doing it in a way that somebody else would do it for themselves. Even if I am piggybacking off of their advice a little bit, I'm still doing it in a way that is more conducive to me and my goals and what I want to do and what I feel is going to be my benefit from the practice. And that's essentially how I am when it comes to my paganism and when it comes to using magic. I'm not always casting spells up in here. (laughs) Like, I'm going to be honest. Um... (laughs) I've, I've been identifying as a witch and as an eclectic pagan um, for the better half of the past nine years. And I still, to this day, like people ask me, okay, well, do you leave offerings on your altar? Not really. <laughs> um, because I do have an altar in my bedroom. But I don't really leave a lot of, especially food and drink offerings, because I don't want to wind up with ants and roaches in my home. (laughs) Um, I don't leave a lot of food and drink offerings. Um, and if I, and if I leave a food or drink offering, um, I throw it out in, in the, in the, uh, in the backyard the next day, of course. But, um, I don't really leave a lot of food, drink offerings. I leave a lot of herbal offerings, dried herbs. I, I have a little bowl of dried herbs for all of my deities. I've just combined them into one little offering bowl because I only have so much space. And they're okay with that. Like, you know, like, uh, they're not striking me down for that. (laughs) Um, And one of my offerings that I do have is I have um, a lot of crystals on my altar. And I also have, um, I have a tarot deck that I found I didn't really have, I was missing like seven cards from. So I pulled cards that um, were associated with these deities and I put them on my altar space to be able to honor my deities. 
and they were just like, yep, we like this. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and the reason I'm, I'm speaking about this at the end of this episode is because your practice is yours. And just because there are ways in which you can connect to a practice and doesn't mean that you're, the way in which you're practicing is invalid just because you're not leaving offerings, just because you're not you know, constantly leaving offerings, just because you're not um, getting devotional candles, just because you're not always praying, just because you're not always doing spell work or you're not always doing whatever. Um, your practice is your practice. The way in which you go about doing something is your way, your rules, your way of practicing. Just because someone else says, oh, well, you should be doing this. It's up to you to take your practice into your own hands and do what you feel works for you. and do it how you feel it's gonna work for you. I am, I am a strong advocate, especially because I am you know, talking about the law of attraction, law of assumption, quantum physics, and magic. I'm talking about all of these different ways of practicing and manifesting and doing things on this podcast. And I'm offering up meditations and I'm offering up affirmations and all of these different things. I'm, I am a strong advocate that even though I'm offering all of these different things on my podcast. Your practice is your practice. Your rules are your rules for how you want to go about manifesting, for how you want to go about using witchcraft. There are some, especially when it comes to witchcraft, I will say this, there are some things that you really do need to watch out for and there are some things that you need to be mindful of definitely there are some there are some rules especially when it comes to different sects of witchcraft um wiccan wiccan for example there are rules um and and i would highly recommend that you follow them but when it comes to your everyday practice you don't have to be doing a spell every day for for your spells to work you don't have to be doing um devotionals every day for you to feel connected to your faith it's all about your faith and your belief more than anything it's all about your intention and the feelings behind your intention more than anything it's about whether or not you feel grounded enough in what you're doing and you feel secure and confident in yourself as a practitioner as a manifester as whatever it is that you want to call yourself you feeling confident and secure in your practice is more powerful and potent than you feeling the need to light a candle every day or do a spell every day or whatever it is that you feel like you should be doing every day because somebody else told you to. Do it in a way that works for you and you will see more results from having faith courage conviction and discipline and confidence in yourself 
and your ability to do it than in the feeling as though you need to do it if it's not resonating with you, right? So, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and I hope that I brought a little bit more clarity to a previous topic. If you would like to discuss anything from this episode with me a little bit further, you can always reach out to me at my email, which is cartomancybyalice at gmail.com. That's C-A-R-T-O-M-A-N-C-Y-B-Y-A-L-I-C-E at gmail.com. And you can also send me messages directly through Spotify and Anchor if you are listening on those platforms. So I love you. I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to continue to share many more things with you and um, I will see you in the next episode. Bye. (laughs)